Welcome to the Category 3 Podcast. My name is Misha and I've got James Shergan with me here. And today we're going to talk about Sicario. Sicario? Sicario. <laughs> How would you say it? <laughs> we, we had never decided on the pronunciation. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just like, say it's Sicario, like, Sicario. A, like, a, like a normal person. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Sicario was right I, or something like that. I thought I was saying it like a normal person. Sicario. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all sound, right. You sound like an idiot trying to order at like a, a Mexican restaurant or something. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, Sicario, there we go. I, James just beat me down. Um, all right, yeah, we're going to talk about Sicario today, a 2015 movie with uh, main characters being Josh Brolin, uh, <clears throat> Benicio Del Toro, and Emily Blunt. Right. Directed by Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah, who has um, been very busy in the last six years. He has been extremely busy. He's done some amazing things, and he's going to continue to do some crazy things uh, yeah, coming uh, up with uh, Dune. Right? Dune, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that movie. Yeah, I think he's a really talented director, so I'll be curious what he does with it. Yeah, apparently the, the, the what is it, like 70s or 80s adaption of Dune was terrible, right? Like maybe it was Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's David got a really bad reception. Yeah, I, I feel like it has one of those cult reputations where a small amount of people really like it, but most people seem to think it's one of David Lynch's worst, worst. and also just not very good. Yeah, um, I I've seen some trailer, so I ha- I'll be honest, I have not read Dune, but I've seen some Nor trailer. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> like making that movie from in in the eighties with the graphics and stuff they had. Yeah, I, I think it would have been tough, like, making it not look campy and be interesting and fun and stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I kind of hope that movie fails so Denny <laughs> Villeneuve can come back and do Sicario 3. Sicario or 3. Or Sicario 3. I think, I think Sicario 3 <laughs> is already coming out, if I'm not wrong. Okay, fine. Sicario uh, 4. 4. Yeah. <laughs> we need to bring him back. <laughs> there we go. He's there gone go. to too high of places. Yes. Um, and also written by Taylor Sheridan. I don't... I think he also wrote at least the second movie. Um, I don't know if I've seen a whole lot of his stuff <coughs> that's done by Taylor. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think he ha- he hasn't um, written a whole lot, but he did write. Uh, yeah, he wrote the uh, Sicario two, I think. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Sicario was his uh, debut. Interesting, I didn't know that. Um, but he also uh, wrote uh, Without Remorse, which just came out recently. Yeah. Also done by the director of Sicario two. So interesting. Yeah, um, I think. People have complained about that movie not being, like, true to, to the original Without Remorse by uh-huh. Tom Clancy, like, the novel. Mm-hmm. But then, like, as an stand as a standalone action movie, it's also pretty good, according to people. Okay, I, I, I've so, not seen it. So obviously, mixed sure. mixed right. results. Yeah. Um, yeah, tough to please a crowd with a lot of expectations built into it. Um, so, anyways, let's, let's get back to Sicario. 
Sicario. Sicario. I'm Let's just go. gonna say Sicario because <laughs> yeah, that's, okay, yeah. that seems that seems to come natural to me. We'll see. I'll keep changing it through the through the whole po- just podcast. Just throw you off. To... Think you're talking about a different movie, but yeah. you're really just talking about Sicario. <laughs> We're talking about Sicario. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my all right. Man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, yeah. How the basically the plot line for IMDb says an idealistic FBI agent is enlisted by the government task force to aid in the escalating war against drugs at the border area between the U.S. and Mexico. How would you, like, what do you think about of the tagline? I mean, it's factually accurate, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I feel like sort of the core and soul of this movie isn't really encompassed by that. But mm-hmm. I don't know that a synopsis, like a one or two sentence synopsis, mm-hmm. would really ever um, properly explain this film. So yeah. I, I, I feel like this film is such a um, visceral, uh, active experience that, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of a, a difficult one to put to words when you're you're constrained to sort of a one or two sentence uh, sort of deal. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I agree. Like, so it's, it's rated R. It's super dark. Obviously, yeah. you don't, like, looking at synopsis, you don't get that. You also don't get, like, the depth of the plot, like of the actual plot that things that are going on right the way the plots at play and what people are doing uh just from the synopsis right but yeah at a at a high level i think it sort of makes sense for a couple of sentence um what definitely not doesn't hook me in just from the plot line but when you watch the movie boy is it a treat yeah, yeah. absolutely um yeah and you, this was uh we watched this and this was your second time viewing it is that right it is. I, I will say that um, the first time I watched it, I I watched it like a, I don't know, like not very serious viewer. And I watched it probably um, in early 2016 or mm-hmm. mid 2016 after it came out on DVD. Uh, so I did not pay a whole lot of attention and I was not wholly impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of there are layers to this movie. And then there's like, so like at the top level, you can, you can see just a very basic plot line going, but the, underneath, I feel like there are subtle references or well, not so subtle, but like to a casual viewer might not be obvious what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like that, just like, um, that makes the movie really interesting. I just did not pick up on the on the layers very well the first right. time I watched it. Yeah, it's so we'll, we'll talk about that a little right, bit more right. as we kind of explore the plot. Yeah, it's a movie that uh, yeah. really does have a fair amount going on yeah. and uh, definitely yeah. demands paying attention. Well, I'm curious yeah. then uh, because your first experience sounds like it was all all right. It wasn't it was okay. Great. I I kind yeah. of viewed it as a like, oh yeah, yeah, like they've got a, they've got this like. You know, like hitman type character, shady character working with the army or like FBI. And like, you kind of know, they already tell you what's going to happen in the movie, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, at a high level, like, this is guy, he's out for revenge and he gets his revenge. Right. And so when I watched it without like peeling the layers, I thought, okay, like, what was so special about this movie? But. I think so when I watched the first time it didn't sit I didn't kind of realize that. But over the years as I've thought about that movie here and there through different things, I just kind of 
wanted to like watch it again and as i watched it again my experience was way more enhanced because i paid more attention right and understood more so if i could ask what prompted because you were actually the one that suggested this film and i've always liked this film i, I think this is my third time viewing it um first time definitely in like the last four or five years what prompted you to want to bring this uh this film on to uh, category three um i had a weird uh i was watching better call saul and there are some some better calls hall uh vince gilligan does such a good job of like building complex characters and there are just there's just something where like saul goodman or like jimmy mcgill the main character does something where you you kind of are unable to attribute whether he's in the right or the wrong and for some weird reason sicario popped up like ben benicio del toro's character at the end what he does like do you say, like, would you put him in the right or would you put him in the bad, bad kind of, like, good or bad kind of situation, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of immoral steps taken by a lot of the different characters in this movie to achieve something. Right. Like, what? where do you put him, right? And, like, they, they kind of, like, at a high level, if you don't know his past, then you're like, oh, my God, this guy is, even though he's trying to kill a drug cartel, he's bad. But then you understand his motivations and, like... The, right. what's been done to him and like <clears throat> even then do you think like whether his actions would be justified right uh-huh so it sounds like some of those uh deeper themes did uh resonate with you even five years later yeah we yeah. some weird reason it popped up maybe, and then like uh, dennis villeneuve has uh -huh. been popping up so frequently that it just reminded me of like oh wow he dennis villeneuve has done this like non-sci-fi movie in the past right uh -huh. and that's he that's just not what he's known for now, right? With Arrival and and Blade Runner and 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 <coughs> Dune, right? But yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I thought I'd suggest this okay. movie and we can talk about it. I thought That's you were gonna say movie. that uh, Benicio appeared in your dream uh, and it was like yeah, I, I, I mean, they chopped off my wife's head and dropped my kid <laughs> in a vat of acid. Watch Sicario no. and bring it onto the category three. Podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> no, Benicio appeared in my dream and like we were having sex. I don't know. <laughs> All right, okay. just, just made it. <laughs> if you thought it couldn't get any weird, I just made it weird. Weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially after I talked about dropping uh, children in acid. And <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on, Benicio Del Toro, he's super charming. He's great. Um, yeah, yeah, but what did you think of the movie? So, probably a second viewing for you. How was the first viewing? How was the second viewing? Or more? Three. <laughs> I think it's my third. I think okay. I saw it twice. Okay. Uh, I okay. think I saw this once and then a second time when the second movie came out. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've always been a fan. I'm a fan of this sort of, like, really balls to the wall, uh, not holding back much as far mm -hmm. as, like, compromise and just going super dark. Mm -hmm. And it just being more of, like, uh, an emotional, visceral feel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think this movie works really well on that. And it also has some nice themes to it, too. So I'd mm -hmm. say like that sort of one-two punch of just like, as soon as this movie comes on and that like bass just goes bam and you're like, oh, you're just like immediately mm -hmm. worried about your neighbors uh, <laughs> and like hearing the sound or the bass mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a, it's just a ride. And I, I like mm -hmm. movies like that. I, I, I don't necessarily need my movies to be super complex. I'm down for just like a visceral thrill ride, sort of like a Mad Max style. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this film provides that, but it also... 
uh, has a lot of other things that really just hold my interest as well, like the cinematography mm-hmm. and the deeper themes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a, a, a bit of an Iraq war metaphor, but also just like looking at sort of like the mm-hmm. uh, the darker sides of like high-end law enforcement. I mean, mm-hmm. like who knows how accurate that is? It's probably not particularly, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it as a uh, just sort of like a hard-boiled uh, entertainment Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think it's accurate from the law perspective. I don't know if like it's accurate from like like if there have been historical events where they've done something so so immoral, right? Like um but like essentially like there is a law that kind <clears throat> of lets them do this, lets CIA kind of work. So it was it's almost like the movie was kind of written around that law, potentially. Right. I mean, so, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. the CIA was up to all kinds of shady stuff in like the eighties and seventies uh, with in, yeah. in Latin America. Uh, right. But I don't know. I, I know I think, less of the recent history, at least. I think there is. I think I, I couldn't find information enough on it, and my my, in research went as far as looking at the Wikipedia page. So, but there is a law that kind of supposedly was signed into law to allow CIA to operate on the U.S. land with certain collaboration between the FBI and and CIA. And, like, that's the sort of, like, the underlying reason why why we have Emily Blunt's character working with with CIA or um, technically, yeah, it's it's even unclear to her, like, what the heck is going on, right? Yeah, that sort of becomes an important plot point later on in the Uh, movie. Yeah, because as we see through her eyes, like we like things kind of unfold for us too. Yes, and they, I think, I think they do a really good job of that, like of obscuring what's what the hell's going on, and then kind of, um, kind of unfolding that, right? Like, right, like their their true, uh, kind of reason and motivation for doing what they're doing, right? Blunt is very much sort of the vessel of which we see the actions of the plot. Exactly. And uh, all of the other characters, specifically mm-hmm. Josh Brolin's character, really don't want to tell her much. And yeah. then they almost like are super casual about telling yeah. her as little as they possibly can. Uh, yeah. Both her and Daniel Kaluuya uh, yeah. in this film, the FBI agents. Yeah. Uh, but they do need them uh, for, yeah. for the uh, actual uh, uh, raid at the end. Or, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, their actual mission, right? They they're operating on federal land, so mm-hmm. like even when they go to the bank and stuff, and and kind of do the raid on on U.S. land, I think the FBI, uh, the CIA can't do that on their own, mm. supposedly. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, and and Josh Brolin's motivations also kind of different. Like you can say, like you can think they're. Like, on a moral compass, they're good and bad and, like, weird um, also. Um, but where was I going with this? Like, even even whatever his, like, ideas are, but, like, he's very keen to, like, keep... Or very certain to keep um, uh, Emily Blunt in dark. Like, Emily Blunt's character in dark because uh, even as she puts herself in the harm's way... He kind of just tells her to not do it, but n- doesn't tell her why to not do some some things. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, we're talking about the plot. Um, I think the the top things, the top th- three things that we came up with to talk about were 
we're opening the border crossing in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, opening is just so visceral. I, oh, yeah. I love that. I loved just the... You talked about the bass and, yeah, the 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 gradually increasing volume, of, you know, and just the bass getting deeper and deeper and, and, and hitting harder and harder until the the truck just hits right into the home as they as they raid this probably some kind of drug dealer's house yeah it's right? a cartel house cartel yeah. house and uh it's just so intense right and like right at the top of the movie and this is the opening scene and and the music just tells you like there's something darker at play than what you're looking at and it right yeah yeah I love the soundtrack on this film. I mean, we were looking it up earlier, and I was actually yeah. surprised to see, because I don't think this is the sort of film that gets a lot of Oscar nominations. Right. As great as it may be, this actually did get nominated for both Oscars and the uh, soundtrack, as well as cinematography, uh, yeah. both of which are excellent in this film. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, you're talking about that bass, and it just starts with, like, you're sort of following the road, and then yeah. it just crashes in. Uh, yeah. And uh, it just goes. Uh, it I goes. mean, like, it's very... Yeah. Uh, very blunt in the way it shows it it's not like super stylized or anything like that it's yeah. just like loud and brutal and mm -hmm. uh filmed really well um i mean yeah. go, culminating into them finding the dead bodies and then mm -hmm. uh there's an explosion <laughs> yeah so there's just like a lot of stuff and i feel like that opening um helps create like this feeling of being a very unsafe movie of where yeah. it's just sort of like almost like a war movie like think about like the hurt locker or something like that where yeah. there could be bombs anywhere. It mm -hmm. just feels like shit might be booby trapped and people are going to explode some stuff. Yeah. And both sides don't really have any regard for human life. Uh, just, yeah. just frankly speaking. So yeah. it, it makes this feeling that it's like, yeah, the the, the good guys, quote unquote, uh, Josh Brolin's uh, people, they don't care about Emily Blunt. They don't yeah. care if she dies. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's like there there is... Uh, yeah, they, they care to the point where... She's alive so they can carry on their mission, but they don't care more than that. Right. right? Like, they just, they literally just want another body to, like, kind of is, can, can approve their situation, right? Like, they're, they're literally doing this so that they kind of get to do, get to do whatever the hell they right. want, right? Like, they're doing, yeah, the, the joint task force or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, like, those plot points and the music... It just yeah. makes it yeah. feel very intense. And, Although, to uh, be clear, Josh Brolin is not in that, yet. Yeah. It's right, just, right, right. It, we see, like, we see two FBI agents. They're, they're, it's a bus truck full of FBI agents. But the two specific FBI agents in focus are Emily Blunt and Daniel Kaluuya's character. Uh, Kaluuya's character. Um, I forget what their names are. Yeah, Kate Maser and um, Daniel Kur Kaluuya playing Reggie Wayne, who, who who's kind of in and out through the movie, uh, but also kind of an important character because he supports. He's he's we see that he's the only one that's supporting uh, Kate throughout the movie. Right, right. This is so. Daniel Kaluuya before he's really Daniel Kaluuya before Get Out. So it's like Absolutely. I had no yeah. idea he was in this film until I rewatched it again. I didn't notice it either. I mean, I knew it was somebody, but like for some reason. Uh, I think that character is meant to like not stand out so much. 
Yeah. Even I, though he's yeah, kind yeah. of, if you think from the main character's perspective, he's, he's very important, right? right? Yeah. He, he's a distant fourth from the uh, big yeah. three in this film. I mean, yeah. and, and he's a much bigger star uh, yeah. now than he was yeah. Uh, yeah. in 2015. Now, now if he was in this, yeah. it would be uh, something else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So opening was just intense. And then, man, the amount of bodies they find. And I think the numbers, they drop like, oh, 20 here and then like 15 more here. And it's not that big of a house either that they show. Like they've just literally <coughs> packed anyone and everyone possible in the fucking entire house, like anywhere that they could. Like there's no walls, no area of the house left that's uh, uh, enclosed and not with bodies pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's jam-packed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just looking at that, do you think like rating R is a good rating for the movie? I I almost think like they somehow would have gotten into the NC seventeen range and like <laughs> I, I somehow ducked it. I feel like you need like sex or sexual violence or something like that to to get there. Really get into NC seventeen. I feel like um, okay. for whatever reason, Americans are more chaste. Uh, towards uh, sex and sex stuff mm. rather than like straight violence. Mm. There's also like a curiously low amount of blood. But I mean, like, let's also put this contrast versus like what is now the most popular films of the year, things like Marvel films. I feel like there's a safeness to those films where yeah. you feel like, you know, the last Marvel film, they killed a couple people, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't have the highest opinion. Do they even films. get PG 13? They're probably <clears throat> just PG 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but, probably don't qualify for PG. Yeah, this film feels like people are gonna die. It feels oh, for like, sure. Well, yeah, you, you, you don't people have people like, did die off screen. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. This is not like Avengers right where New York gets like torn to shreds, but, but somehow there's like, dies. there's like zero yeah, casualties. Casualty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like yeah. uh, people. It's like if I if I directed that scene in Avengers, I would have just had like random people <laughs> getting smashed. I would have had like yeah, yeah, yeah. People kill- falling off the tower and stuff like. What the fuck? There's nobody in the Avengers Tower that's gonna <laughs> die. Like you're destroying the whole tower and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Skyscrapers and nobody's jumping off the building or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, they make it too clean. Um, yeah. This movie though, like that's what like I the reason I thought that it would be NC seventeen was like just even though you don't see death on screen right at the beginning, the grimness. Of like these body bags. Yeah. Just I mean, we like, do see her shoot the guy. But yeah, I mean I, I yeah, understand yeah. your point. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is there are a few deaths right at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She shoots the guy. And yeah, then yeah. they find the Yeah. Right. But yeah, yeah, I mean you're totally right. The darkness and the brutality of this yeah. film. And even it, when the explosion <clears throat> happens and the guy is kind of crawling with uh was it arm or leg kind of detached, right? Right. Or something. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say the darkness and the brutality and the fact that this has three big stars. Uh, yeah. This is sort of the film that has become sort of like an endangered species in Hollywood. They like, yeah. uh, It's probably really, really hard to get the proper budget to do something yeah. like this. Yeah. Where you're working with major stars and, uh, yeah. and the market for that stuff is really dried out. It's like, I think if Sicario comes out, it's only six years ago. I think if it comes out now. It's probably like a Netflix movie or something like that, which is kind of sad. Because I, I really like uh, this, and I sadly I did not see this in the theater. But I bet you this film would have been freaking amazing in the theater. Oh yeah, I would have had. Yeah, I didn't. We we were like we were talking about that, right? We were in 
in Taiwan, and we ended up choosing to go uh, watch Martian. Although I think there was no choice at the time. I think Taiwan wasn't. Well, most theaters probably weren't running Sicario or Sicario <laughs> at the time. Yeah, they're, uh, they're running the Martian. Martian. Yeah, <laughs> much more blockbustery. It's easier to go and watch with yeah. other people. So also, also a fun movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> the next plot point. Um, I love this scene, and I love how it, how it's like directed and and cinematographized and stuff like is basically them going from uh el paso to juarez and back uh and 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 trying to get somebody but we don't we we have no fucking idea who who it is right like yeah the the way actually before this even even starts emily blunt emily blunt gets chosen to to gets tapped by a Josh Brolin to right. do this. Uh, um, there are two perfect candidates for them. There's Daniel Kaluuya and then there is Emily Blunt. And they, they tap Emily Blunt to do this mission. And they don't, they specifically don't, like they as in CIA specifically don't. Like lawyers. Like, uh, or take Daniel Kaluuya because he's apparently a lawyer. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like uh, this podcast. We're going to do a category three with Inyaki. They're like, oh, wait, no lawyer, lawyer, kick that, <laughs> kick that asshole out. We don't like lawyers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me was like, oh, he's a lawyer. I don't know if we can have that on this one. Yeah. And I think, I think it turns out to be a good choice for them, <coughs> right? Like, because Emily Blunt is absolutely driven and, and you see like Daniel Kaluuya when he comes along to support her, he's, he says like, fucking abandon this. Like you don't need to support them and they're what their choice is essentially here. Right. Emily Which, Blunt seems more hesitant, but he seems almost dead set against it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree. And I think like we don't, yeah, I, I don't think like they don't even show like Daniel Kaluuya's character or they don't build his character up enough where it's even um, like if he is considering it from a morality standpoint, point, which is what Kate's concern is. But um, Daniel Kaluuya is just outright, like, from law standpoint, he doesn't think it's legal and shouldn't do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's clearly they are pushing the boundary at every turn that they can. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Stuff. So, I mean, like, yeah. uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character is probably correct. Um, yeah, I mean, about that scene in the middle uh, where they end up choosing between... Uh, Oh, they end up choosing Emily Blunt's character, uh, yeah. Macer, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I like how that scene was filmed, too. It's very glass uh, conference room thing. And yeah. that whole scene, we're also kept in the dark, too. You yeah. see physical separation of Daniel Kaluuya and Emily yeah. Blunt. Uh, and then eventually she gets called in there, asks a few questions. She comes back out. Daniel Kaluuya looks at her and she's like, I've got no fucking idea. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, that's... Even Kate Mazer has no idea. They yeah. just tell her, like, do you want to get these guys? And then we're going to go get them, but you need to be with us. Right. That's all Josh Brolin tells her. Yeah, and I mean, like, she... Uh, go, leading up to the app, uh, set piece where they go across the border and stuff, it's yeah. like, she still doesn't really know what the hell they're doing. No, um, at all. Like, there's a full kind of debrief of the mission, <clears throat> but they get in at the very end. She doesn't know who the fuck is who through in that whole room. They're they're literally like just hoorah going on a mission where they're gonna shoot and kill people uh and yeah it's uh she doesn't know anything and she nope. 
apparently she doesn't know that they need need her either actually no nope. she yeah. kept totally in the dark yeah on that yeah um <clears throat> so yeah Le- going into that scene you see like five four or five different suvs going straight across the border and then just like yeah it's it's almost like a really nicely done strut like helicopter above overhead kind of following the 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 suvs going and crossing the border into guadalajara and uh what did you think of that scene oh it's great uh yeah Yeah. i mean like even the opening and this there's like just some great traveling shots of just like traveling in cars traveling in helicopter uh and stuff like that and i mean like the whole film was shot by uh roger deakins who is uh yeah, uh, I mean, there he we did go. a great job in the desert scenes of like No Country for Old Men. So he's okay. he's a veteran of this stuff, okay. and uh, it looks fantastic. Like yeah. the whole thing. I mean, like yeah. it, it's like a daylight uh, daylight film, but yeah. which is an interesting thing to show something so dark and so filled with dread. It's almost like a horror movie dread. But yeah, I mean, like it's it's good. It's it's really well filmed. It's really well scored. Yeah, I think it it shows power and. When I, I think you mentioned Roger Deakins a little bit after, I think I mentioned Coen Brothers a little bit before. Yeah. Right as the scene started, because I think Coen Brothers movies have been so good in like showing characters walk <coughs> through long hallways and just show the 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 power that they have, right? Like the emphasis on power. And I think that the scene kind of does something similar. And then like when you confirmed by l- looking up on IMDb that, oh, yeah, this is Roger Deakins. I was like, all right, this just this that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. 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 And it, it conveys a lot of power, a lot of there's a lot of dread, of course, for <clears throat> like you can be scared for the people they're, that they're trying to go after. Right. So yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Definitely uh, sympathize a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, like when they cross the border too, we get to see Mexico, which is like yeah. just a totally different world. We see bodies yeah. hanging up. Yeah. They're driving the guy driving the car. Who I'm not even sure what his character name is, but he comments that it's a brilliant uh, tactic that they do, uh, yeah. and he sort of admires it, uh, which is like just kind of shows the jadedness and yeah. cynicism that these characters are at. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess not much action happens till they uh, come back across the border, but right, yeah. right. So yeah, they go, they pick somebody up again. Like there's some shots being fired in the background. Um, uh, but we're not, we don't know what the heck's going on. Right. Like, uh, but it's it, Mexico is basically like a war zone. Oh yeah. Right. And <clears throat> even in Arizona where Kate Maser does a raid, it's not a war zone, but you almost feel like it's a war zone after like the things that you see yeah. in the house and the booby trap and the ex- grenade exploding. But this still like it's escalated to the next level to me. Like there are bodies hanging there's shots being heard. There's like, you know, like, por- like military units have cordoned off so different areas and stuff. Right. It is intense. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, one of my notes of this is it almost feels like an Iraq war film. Uh, just like a lot of the moral mm-hmm. ambiguity and like the, the fact that you're pushing a lot of boundaries mm-hmm. um, and torture, that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I can almost imagine the same plot. Uh, transposed into Iraq or something like that. Uh, excuse me. Um, 
Yeah, and just the uh, the fact that she's traveling with a bunch of military guys. Everyone seems to be almost ex-military and stuff like that, other than yeah. her, uh, including Daniel Kaluuya, for that matter. Um, yeah. So it's uh, uh, it's interesting. Like Josh Brolin, it's like I'd be shocked if that character had not done something in Iraq before. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's almost like a, a war movie. In, in yeah, he's a CIA too. guy, so he's <clears throat> probably operated primarily. Okay, yeah, but also in Iraq, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. similar sort of desert setting. You can imagine True. sort of, like, those cars traveling in the desert, too, there. Yeah. What's, what was weird <coughs> to me was, like, you think about this country that you just entered, and but it's in the North American continent. This yeah. is just another country, and this is happening. Like, right, like, being on the West Coast... I haven't been on any cruises, but like we have cruises going to California or or to uh, Mexico from yeah. California and from Seattle and stuff. Yeah. And this is just another part of the same country that is literally a war zone. Yeah. And and nearly unbelievable. This is another country we have major trade deals with. We do huge amounts of business with and share entirety of our southern border. So it's. It's just nearly unbelievable, right? And, yeah, yeah. and and you can attribute that part of this is because of drugs, but it almost seems like part of it is also because of some other reasons, like mm. like America potentially going in and kind of uh, going to fight for the drugs, like the war on drugs, basically. Yeah, I mean, at one point, Josh Brolin's character references uh, that 20% of people do this stuff, um, and that's the reason for this. Um, it doesn't really get too far into the root causes, um, but yeah, it, it is interesting to think about for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, yeah, I mean, like this is just like right across the U.S. border uh, in uh, Juarez, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I can tell you who does not like this film: uh, Lonely Planet Juarez. Not a fan. No. The the Juarez uh, Travel Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I I definitely <coughs> like. I I I wouldn't have thought of going to Juarez, but now I'm like. I want to look up and see what the situation is like in Juarez. Like, I we don't get an idea of like what time setting, what year, around what year this movie is I, set in. I assume it's right? contemporary, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it could, it could be been. like two thousand, <clears throat> like two thousands, as opposed to actually, uh, you know, the movie coming out in twenty fifteen or something. Yeah, we like, don't necessarily get a ton of war and drugs movies these days, do we? I mean, like no. thinking about it. Yeah. Well, there's like a whole show on war on drugs, Narcos, which kind of covers <coughs> yeah. Medellin cartel and other stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't talked a lot about, so we've gone through two big parts and then like, as they come back, this is, I think really where we kind of start to under, start to see, um, the, the third main character. Uh, do a lot more things like Benicio. he's kind of yeah Benicio del Toro's character yeah. Alejandro yeah um, uh, as they come back they're stuck in traffic uh, I couldn't tell if they're on on this side of the border now or if they're still in Guadalajara I still think they're in Guadalajara I and they're think stuck so too yeah and there's a huge huge line in traffic for people trying to get back into the U.S. Um, and and. Yeah, the SUVs get stuck, and this is where like things turn to shit. There's, there, are, they have somebody in the car. They want to protect them. 
they have no other protection other than like these five SUVs that are right uh, in in a s- straight line, and there's like seven lanes of tra- lanes of traffic, like three and three on each side, and it's barely moving. And there are cars, and there are people, and they see guns with some people. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of unclear if that whole mess of it is coordinated. Uh, as if they were trying to get them uh, caught in traffic so they could ambush them? Uh, um, there was already traffic. So you see traffic on yeah. the other side <clears throat> as these uh, SUVs are going in. So well, I think the traffic was just there. Because okay. they're saying that it was supposed to be cleared. Like they were supposed to have a clear exit, I think. Oh. Uh, but, uh, okay. you know, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, it works either way. I don't know if we're supposed okay. to know that there's that, like, this was like set up as okay. an ambush, okay. or or if we're just supposed to be sort of like left in the dark as to what happens. Because well, there's way, a tracker car, there's a tracking car, but I don't know if like no matter what kind of drug lord, lord they might be, but I don't know if they have like enough power to straight up set up that much traffic. Right. Obviously, there. it's also like a, an extremely failed yeah. ambush if that was what they set up, because they yeah. just end up losing a ton of men and uh, yeah, for no apparent reason. Well. <clears throat> I think this is the point when you realize the the kind of power that they have too, right? Like because these, you see the kind of things that the the guns that these, as they are stuck in traffic and they as they see other guns in the car, the kind of guns that these people are holding, versus the kind of guns that the CIA folks have. Yeah, they're, they're out And even even Kate Maser, what does she have? She just has a service <clears throat> revolver. Uh huh. But everyone else has. Uh, basically like insane uh kind of ammunition machine guns all the cia folks right and and that even comes back at the end where uh she's she does have one of their heavy machinery and uh she She loses uh, losing it and having to go back to her service weapon she's fbi so i think like she's not supposed to be that well trained with with like her uh machine gun that was aptly accurate right and then uh you see daniel kaluuya character handling it a lot better yeah cause, uh, presumably because he was in he was in iraq or something iraq yeah yeah interesting yeah um this episode is uh sponsored by indian snacks uh they're there great we go. Uh, they're fantastic and uh we are eating them right now uh yeah i mean that that scene where they get ambushed and stuff like that uh like we don't even necessarily find out if the people that ambush them are cartels or if they just happen to have guns in the car uh it's it's a little unclear uh what even happened uh mm-hmm. there and i th- i think that's fine um mm-hmm. i think it works out well but that's really where emily bond's character starts to question it yeah and i think emily bond does a really good job in this film mm-hmm. uh like i think it'd be easy for her character in a different movie to just sort of be like a wet blanket where the mm-hmm. other characters are like having a good time and they're pushing the plot along mm-hmm. and she's the one questioning it and slowing it down. But I think yeah. she manages to really uh, be the best version of this where yeah. she's, uh, I mean, I think you're on her side for the most yeah. part. I yeah. mean, like she's technically correct um, to question all of this. Yeah, she's, um, she's terrified. She's <coughs> like, what are we doing? Like, why are we engaging? Like nobody's engaged us. They have, you know, they're not really doing anything they're showing guns clear like seems like they turned out to be potentially people who were trying to attack them but it's never i don't know if right. it's fully clear to me 
Like I was, I think I was convinced that it was, it was the bad guy, but I was not fully convinced. Like I was never a hundred percent that there were the people who were <clears throat> trying to. Right. They, they're probably bad guys. Yeah. Uh, who knows if they're even they? involved in that same cartel. Exactly. It, it's, it's very ambiguous like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean like, yeah, they're like coming back over and she almost gets shot too. Uh, yeah. So it continues to generate that sort of sense of danger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really tense scene, uh, really well, uh, executed. As Did well. you find it interesting that there were all these people, <coughs> but somehow that you like, like that specifically care specific random person in full black just tried to kill her of all the people like they didn't it was very tactical very um hidden and when all the people get it out of the car except her including the driver uh-huh. the that person who is not seen by anybody actually only tries to kill yeah Emily it's, Blunt. it's interesting my read of it has always been that they're telling her to get out of the car because they kind of know what could happen uh-huh. Uh, maybe someone will maybe that's a common tactic is like they have like a lurker behind and they come up and uh mm. they shoot at the car but mm-hmm. uh i don't know i mean like could it be something more nefarious than that i don't know i think maybe they know that cia have gotten involved and they're trying to get the person who can who enables cia to get involved but how would they know at this point they wouldn't know <clears throat> Yeah, so, yeah. I kind of think I it's know. more random than that. I think it's it more yeah. opportunity. It might be, yeah. Um, but I think we see something similar happen again. <coughs> so this is this is why I tried to ask you about this. Uh-huh. At this point, yeah, it's not clear. But later it becomes clear that why she's targeted, at mm-hmm. least for the second part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I thought that sequence was intense. It really ups the ante. It like really quickly within seconds increases the amount of body count that we have in the movie. Yes, yeah. like we've had one or two people actually directly killed so far on the on, on in the movie directly. Like we see dead bodies, but this is the first and then or that's the first in the first opening scene, and then now we see like yeah, the death count go up like super fast, mm-hmm. just like. Eight or ten people die right then and there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you see just, like, the split-second decisions that end up making those things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty intense. So they get back. They see, like, shit gets... Like, they notice that the shit get, gets worse in, in uh, Juarez on the rooftop. At the same time, they kind of put the person who they caught and brought back in the in a like a uh, like an interrogation room like makeshift interrogation room I right know. and then yeah and alejandro goes in that room and does interrogating so clearly uh waterboarding the the person yeah yeah walking extremely close to him with his uh, crotch area in yeah his face yeah that that's how you uh interview people at uh at your company right there you're just like let's not talk about that <laughs> okay yeah because uh, that's how i do it that's that's how you hire people yeah there we go. i learned it from uh that's a <laughs> I, I call it the sicario interviewing technique. techniques yeah, yeah, I just all right walk up real close to them you know <laughs> and get get up in their face <laughs> that's funny that's great um yeah if you are 
a small business owner or any kind of interviewer, please don't do that to people. <laughs> Not even as a joke while you're interviewing them. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to get away with it if you don't have an HR department. But... <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not great. Uh, but yeah, so it turns out this is the things start getting a little bit clearer. So this is Guillermo Diaz, and they've got him because they want to catch up Manuel Diaz, who's like the right hand man. So Guillermo Diaz, Manuel Diaz, brothers, Manuel Diaz, or as as uh, Josh Brolin's character calls him, Man Manuel, Manuel Diaz. Yeah, Diaz. Josh Brolin is just like chewing up scenery in this film. This is... <laughs> Matt Graver, <coughs> I mean, as Matt Graver calls him, Manuel Diaz. So Ma Manuel Diaz is a right-hand man of a really bad uh, cartel leader, uh, Fausto Alarcon. Right. And, and and he's presumably the um, U.S. side of that, <clears throat> of the operation. Yeah, Manuel is, yeah. Yeah, and the interesting part, too, is, like, people are, like, they're talking to Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Emily Blunt about um, these people, and, like, they don't really even know who these people are, and it just shows yeah. you that they are fighting so far down the food chain. Yeah, they don't. They're they're really just grunts in this war. Whereas yeah. like people like um, Josh Brolin and uh, Benicio del Toro, they, I mean, like this is their justification for everything. They are yeah. fighting to make maximal impact, and they're pushing every single boundary they can to do so. Yeah, absolutely. They're <coughs> yeah, they're significantly. They're looking much higher up the food chain, and I think that makes sense too, right? Like why. Uh, <clears throat> basically why um they have that visibility right they're cia they have like more higher level understanding of like who's running this what's going on and who <clears throat> right who their uh enemies are across the borders mm -hmm. whereas yeah for for fbi it's more local uh more towards the u.s territory exactly yeah okay. i mean yeah i mean they're very limited because they're just going to be doing like yeah. sort of like these SWAT team style raids of places and yeah <clears throat> there's a and then there's like this bus ton bus uh depot area where there's they've held up a bunch of uh, immigrants and then that's when things get a little bit clear because that's when um Kate Maser calls her friend from earlier uh Daniel Kaluuya's character Reggie to to help her and give her some advice and they just don't know and so I think Reggie does actually do a good job in like trying to start extracting more information, like by just th threatening to walk, uh, and and telling Kate Maser that she should walk as well if they don't get information. Like she's one of the she's here for a reason, and she should know why the hell, uh, <coughs> what the hell they're doing. Right. They, there's slowly you start to realize like she needs to maybe sign off. She needs to not like, or at least we don't know about signing off, but she needs to like, they need to feed her enough information so that she doesn't kind of like walk, go up the command, yeah. walk or go up the command and tattletale basically. Right. Like according if, if I'm speaking as Josh Brolin, like, or as Matt Graver, like she's tattletaling, right. Like kind of yeah. like complain about like the illegal things that she, they might be doing. Right. And I mean, she would also presumably have to go pretty high up the food chain to mm -hmm. complain to cause trouble because she actually does go yeah. to her boss at a certain point. And she does. And he basically uh, takes their side. Yeah. I think he, 
essentially is okay with this. I would imagine that her boss has more understanding of what the hell's going on. Yeah. And he kind of like, he's like, nah, let's do it. Like he sees a reason to, for this to be done. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And then, um, so yeah, the, there's a little bit of supposedly torturing going on. Uh, although Matt Graver himself does not get his hands dirty. He gets, uh, Alejandro to do the Benicio del Toro's character, Alejandro to do the, the dirty work. The interrogation. I like how Alejandro it's, is so informal and so off the books. We never even get a last name from him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, that's kind of like you and me. You're yeah. just me because you're such a badass. Just, I, I don't even dare to know your last name. It's, you're, it's yeah, on a need-to-know basis. So. Yeah, you're, you're, you're Alejandro. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm Matt Graver. I'm yeah. Matt Graver. <laughs> yeah. right. I just tell bad jokes and... Yeah. And there you misspell go. names. It's, misspell Mexican It's Sicario, names. not Sicario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's Miguel. Miguel. <laughs> Manuel. Uh, Miguel. There we go. Um, so, um, do you... Did they... So, I think they kidnap... They kidnap Guillermo, or apprehend Guillermo, Guillermo only for the reason of, like... Ma <coughs> making things unstable to the point where Manuel has to go back and talk to the right hand man, essentially, right? Yeah, or or go back and talk to the main guy, Pausto. Or yeah, right hand man has to go back to the main guy and talk. Yeah, Pausto. so they, they basically want to stir up enough shit yeah. that uh, and cause enough uh, chaos in their business uh, yeah. so that they can follow him back, and we find out later to make an execution. <coughs> yeah. So, so far, although from Kate's perspective, she thinks they're going to apprehend him, bring him back, and then, like, put him on trial. They're going to put all these people on trial. Yeah, yeah. yeah she that's naively thinks that that yeah. is the plan. Plan. Yeah. And But yeah. they're really not trying to uh, make any sort of a case against anyone. Yeah. Um, so then... Um, what happens next? I'm trying to think. I think they figure out like from the from the immigrants like where the tunnel is. There's supposedly a tunnel where the drugs go in into the U.S. Uh, between is it still El Paso and Guadalajara or Juarez? Sorry. I mean, I think or that's a rough area. I okay. suspect the tunnel is not actually in the city of either one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of out in the summer yeah. desert like area okay um <clears throat> so then they do this and i think uh red or actually there's a small thing that happens in between right because they they also catch somebody a smurf at the at the bank mm -hmm. uh so do you remember what a smurf is i think it's someone that like um help, basically helps to launder the money yeah in some sense or clean it up yeah yeah, yeah. uh so I'm I think they just they get drug money in. and then deposit it. Yep, yep. And then it all goes into um, uh, Manuel Diaz's account, account or something like that. Yeah. Um, and what's weird was like they they show something where they literally put it against as a debt too. So like it shows up as a debt being paid off, which is much more normal than like 
<clears throat> like straight up deposit of like hundreds of thousands coming through. Right. So it's like, supposedly a very sophisticated method of uh, disguising money. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they're laundering money, getting money from the U.S. back to, and that's where they catch them. This is where Kate goes in and uh, into the bank, but uh, <clears throat> like Josh Brolin tells her not to go in because yeah. um, the people there can tell, uh, find out. Like, so yeah, the local police in El Paso can p- possibly be uh, mixed up with drug cartels, right? People and like you know, paid up basically. They're dirty cops essentially. Right, right. There's yeah. a bunch of people who are corrupt, uh yeah. who find out and uh yeah. have these bracelets. Um but yeah, I mean I don't know if it's someone in the bank or it's the security system that would <coughs> rat uh um Emily Bont out. Um, I think so as she walks in, what you see is like there's a heavy fo- focus on camera and then you, you see her show up through the security system screen. So mm-hmm. chances are as they do this, like eventually things get handed off to cops, local cops, uh-huh. as they did the raid. Be, yeah. And yeah. then they will obviously look at the security system. Right. And then it's probably uh, our, our friend John Bernthal. Uh, or who, yeah, who yeah. punched uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill in the face <laughs> for, for to Wolf make sure the movie Street, looks yeah. real. <laughs> there you go. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, uh, that that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I thought but, it was it was fun to see him yeah. just randomly pop up for this brief moment in the movie. Yeah, you don't it's such a <coughs> you couldn't possibly believe he's a good guy. So it's like easy to see the twist coming, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Kate's frustrated. Um, Reggie tells him to let's after this. They she's frustrated. They go out to have a night of fun, They're running into John Bernthal. Uh, who he actually knows randomly which yeah. is yeah which is i thought a smart twist because yeah. it just sh- shows you how uh, deep this is because you think oh he knows daniel kaluuya that so you of, all, I just yeah. automatically kind of trust him uh, yeah. but sadly they cast john barenthal so i'm like ah nah you don't trust nah, him. no way never no trust way john barenthal yeah yeah okay there you go um so uh what the, has john barenthal done to you other than punch jonah hill in the face <clears throat> i feel like <laughs> Name me one movie where John Barenthal is a good guy. And, I can't. And I can't. Paul. He's always... Exactly. Good. I mean, his name's even Ted. Yeah. I mean, He's actually also... We, um, we're looking at what won cinematography in 2016 uh-huh. uh, against uh, Sicario, Sicario. And <laughs> I'm just, like I said, I'm going to keep doing this through, <laughs> yeah. through the whole... Uh, and it's Revenant. And he's also uh, the asshole in, in Revenant. Actually, yeah, he's just like he, maybe he's like a d- delightful human being in person, but he's just one of those guys that it's like I feel like he's totally typecast as like uh, an asshole at minimum and like a total villain at at worst. Yeah, yeah. Well, he pulls it off. He does a really good he job. <laughs> so yeah, it turns out dirty cop who uh, seduces Kate, kind of, and Kate's kind of like also looking to let off some steam, and just like yeah, right as they. As they are in the in her hotel room trying to like have sex, and then obviously John Burton trying to get some information there, um, he <clears throat> he like pulls out stuff from his pocket, and there's that band that she they observe at the bank, and that's how they can tell. Yeah, um, probably the cartel probably made a big mistake using something like that. Yeah, very it seems like a pretty casual. obvious tell. Yeah. I'm sure 
John Bernthal dying or not being on the payroll <coughs> probably didn't make sense, make a difference for for cartel. But yeah, very yeah, an uncareful person. Yeah, Cl clearly given away himself up, and then he quickly <laughs> realizes that Kate knows now all of a sudden. Yeah, and yeah. then he literally just right then and there tries to kill Kate, who's an FBI agent. Like. What kind of fucking terrible decision are you making? Like, this person just, like, is crazy. He's, like, in her hotel, their hotel room. There, there are folks around her who are also <coughs> probably CIA, FBI. He's, like, all right, I'm just going to kill you right here and then. Right. Like. Clearly not how, thinking it through. Yeah. How soon, like, pretty quickly are you going to get caught and you're going to be in much shittier position than... Luckily, he was after, or maybe not, after uh, Alejandro gets into the room. Right, so right. Makes a timely uh, save. Uh, were you surprised that it was Alejandro um, that came in to save her, as opposed to, like, Matt Graver? <clears throat> no, because uh, I, Matt Graver is more just, like, a pure asshole. And yeah. it's like, Alejandro seems like... see. I, I think this is one of the geniuses of, like, casting a really good actor, like Benicio Del Toro there. Because yeah. he really manages to convey a lot of depth, emotional depth, into the character. Yeah. So you can really believe yeah. that this character, like, in the movie, he just does straight terrible things, mo like, most yeah. of the time. He's just, yeah. like, assassinating people. He's killing people. He's killing people's family. Yeah. Uh, he said we, maybe, like, 10 to 15 lines so far in the whole movie. Right. Too. But he makes it seem like just... And the way he acts, uh, that he's, at least at one point in his life, is was a good guy. Yeah. He's able to do that without a ton of dialogue. And I think it goes yeah. to uh, to his credit. Because um, I think all three leads are all really good in this film. But he definitely has um, maybe the most complex of the three of them. Where he is uh, basically the super jaded um, assassin type now. But like he also has to uh, do these... Uh, sort of good deeds and be looking out for um, uh, Emily Blunt as well. And I think he does a masterful job at just sort of uh, juggling all of those things at the same time. And I yeah. think in a lesser actor, uh, the movie would be much, much weaker. Yeah. True. Uh, man, that's great. I think you summed up just about everything. I think the only thing I was going to say was like, I was also not surprised that Alejandro was the one to save Kate Macer because he really, like of all the people, <coughs> he really cared about this operation happening more than, like he just has more stakes in this operation than anybody else. Like it's literally in personal for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like he's essentially doing everything possible to make sure that not, like nothing goes off a hitch and, and the, the sort of bottleneck or every, Everything that this hinges on is Cape Macer. Mm -hmm. So if Cape Macer dies, then they're not going to be able to move forward with their next steps. And mm -hmm. so he's there. But there, yeah. but there is more to that, more right. to it than that, right? Like like you said, he shows a lot more depth. Once he's once he saves her, he tells her like not to worry about this. This is you know like don't worry about this. And then he also tells her a little bit after that that he sees somebody he really loved. Uh, at one point yeah. in her. Yeah, he, um, he's oddly which, reassuring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in a in a very fatherly way, too. He's not, like, coming on, on to her at all. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, later in the movie, he shoots her, and then he all, he comes back later and yeah. has to have her sign something. And, uh, yeah. uh, and he, like... And I, he tells I, her. I, I don't know if we're going to talk about that scene later, but, I mean, like, he literally points a gun at her, and you still believe that this character actually likes her. Yeah. And that that's yeah. just, like, how good of an actor Benicio Del Toro is and how, yeah. how well he pulls that off. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's great. And, yeah. and their chemistry uh, makes those scenes work well. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Not something we planned on discussing, but a lot of depth and a lot of explanation of, like, what the heck's going <coughs> on, right, in this movie at this point. Like, start to realize a little bit more, like, get a little bit more information. Yeah. Uh, but you still don't know everything. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. yeah. And, Finally. And, yeah, go ahead. No, you you were gonna say I was gonna move on to the next. No, well, please keep going. Okay, I, I don't and then finally, yeah, we we get in the we get into the next part. They plan a raid on the tunnel. Manuel is on the move. There, they had been monitoring Manuel the whole time. That when is he gonna get out and start going to uh, Fausto? And then at the same time, now they have information about the uh, tunnel and. Like, you keep hearing them saying, like, the moment we hit the ground, we need to get in the tunnel within a minute or two of it. And so I think one of the things that they're probably worried about is maybe, like, getting more heat if they don't cross the tunnel really quickly. It's unclear to me. Do you realize why? Like, why they needed to go in the tunnel? Super fast, like, and, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. the, you could also, if you were starting to pick it apart at those th the seams, uh, why doesn't, like, Benicio Del Toro just cross, like, with as they did the first time and just go out in Mexico and follow him uh, and let, like, the helicopter or whatever track him? I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, that part, that's a good point. Like, why, why do they need to do this whole elaborate border crossing thing in order to... Uh, uh, pull it off is it because they need um no i, I i'm actually not totally sure so. faust wherever fausto is going though <clears throat> is very like non-military operation going on right so like it's it, i mean it's very clean it's very <coughs> regular you don't think like that's a war zone so fausto is not going to juarez he's going to some other part of mexico from somewhere else mm -hmm. maybe like having like a CIA car going through there, like an unmarked car, would not be normal or it'd be noticed. <clears throat> like maybe they're, like we talked about like there being dirty cops, but if there are dirty folks at the border. Yeah. Like, and they notify Manuel. It, it just seems like if the end goal is to get uh, Alejandro over the border and in a nondescript car, there are probably easier ways, ways to do it than to go under a tunnel. Uh, kill a bunch of people man you're ruining this movie i know i know right uh, sadly i, I thought <laughs> it's a plot hole <laughs> you know there, there might be something more to it i i, yeah. I bet you no, there's no, some, no. some little other, other explanation that seems too simple about. but yeah I, i'm yeah. kind of sad i thought of that yeah because uh, it, it seems like it's it's a very elaborate way to get uh alejandro across yeah this whole time we see uh we also see a cop uh in in mexico yeah who uh has been living at home and and like, not really paying attention to the family life or anything. <laughs> He's basically been but, eating breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> eating something or another. And and not 
um, gradually we kind we can kind of tell that he's not a good guy. He's not doing things by the books, but he has a family. He's yeah. He he's seems doing things for normal. a reason. Yeah, yeah. He's um, and then apparently he's at this place in his cop car handing off drugs to at the tunnel so that the drugs can be shipped off to the US. Yeah. Right. So that was that was and at the same time the yeah, the CIA raided the tunnel. Uh what do you think of the tunnel scene? Like the did <clears throat> did it make sense to you right off the bat what happened, like how it went and like or did you have to think about it a little bit more? You know, like a lot of this movie, it's pretty confusing. Um, but like, I feel like the confusion adds to this movie in a way that in other movies it doesn't really. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think you can piece together sort of what's happening. They're going yeah. in, uh, and, uh, they want, and, uh, Emily Bunt ends up going a different way and, uh, stumbles yeah. upon it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like the tunnel goes straight, <coughs> but then apparently in the middle for some weird reason, there's a loop. Yeah. And so... Like, if you go through the loop, then you come back into the U.S. Mm -hmm. If you keep going straight, then you kind of, uh, you go and get into the Mexico, into Mexico. Right. Yeah. So, and, yeah. So they attack. Kate decides to go into the, in the tunnel and so does, uh, Reggie. Yeah. Um, and then by the book, everybody kind of goes through the loop and comes back. Alejandro goes straight. Kate doesn't know this, but she goes through, and as she does, she sees him uh, apprehending the the Mexican police. Yeah, she comes out okay. the other side like yeah. Alejandro and killing one one other person. And she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, and, and she tries to stop him. She tells him he's under arrest, right? Yeah, and Alejandro. I mean, like this movie is just so no nonsense. One pet peeve I have about the movies is like people just wait forever. Uh, and there's like emotional moments or whatever. It's like this movie yeah. is just so no-nonsense, and I appreciate that so much about the film. Yeah. It's like Alejandro just turns to her, shoots her, yeah. and tells her, shut the fuck up, go back in the tunnel yeah. uh, when you're better, yeah. uh, uh, knowing that he just hits her on the bulletproof uh, uh, vest. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a, a pretty shocking uh, and brutal moment uh, that's totally in character with the film. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Well, Alejandro has one mission and one mission only, and he's going to do it at any cost. But he's still, like, he, I think this shows, weirdly, a little bit of humanity in him. And and for good reason, right? Like, he's, he kind of, kind of likes Kate. He kind of thinks of her as his daughter. He alludes to that before. Um, and then he, he, he could have killed her. Like, I mean, that would have been the easiest part, because... This is it. He's done. He he can go through and he can do what he really wants to do. He doesn't really need, need to care that she's alive. Right. Right? Like from his agenda, from his vendetta. Pers yeah. Vendetta that he has. Um, but he still, he just shoots her in the bulletproof vest and like lets her live. Thinking about like if she, if Kate has come this far and if she's crazy enough, she could pursue him further and jeopardize his, his operation, but right. he still lets her live. I mean, one of the themes is he's just willing to go further. Like, yeah. The whole film. I mean, it's personal to him and even for Kate, Yeah, uh, uh, who cares a lot about this stuff. 
uh, she's simply not willing to go as far as he is. Like, she's not going to shoot him there. You yeah. never think that she will shoot him. And we see her her get shot by him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, he is the correct assassin uh, because he really... Uh, he, that's his sole goal. Yeah. He doesn't care about anything else. Yeah. I guess, I guess what I was saying was, like, he could have just shot her and gotten gone through and and <coughs> done his mission but he didn't like like by shot her i mean shot shot and killed her but he didn't kill her like he still took a chance there because she could have followed him to apprehend him again yeah but she doesn't <coughs> yeah we see later that he's a very accurate shot so uh, yeah it's pretty impressive um yeah uh um, one thing i wanted to add to that last scene too is it's just gorgeous uh like, yeah. it feels kind of like a video game once they go in the tunnel with, like, the night vision. Yeah. But, like, yeah. the outdoor scenes with, like, the way it's lit and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it's, like, also beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, like, obviously Roger Deakins is a master of his craft. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it shows. I mean, like, we get some great daylight desert scenes and, and this is a night one and it looks great. Yeah. And, like, yeah. It's sort of like the uh, little uh, figures uh, silhouetted. Uh, in sort of like that darkness with the sun setting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks, <coughs> yeah, weirdly amazing. And then at the same time, it just goes super gritty as they like go in the tunnel. And you're like, absolutely. You, you get that feeling of claustrophobia as just how just narrow and everything like in the tunnel is. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, one weird thing I thought like, it didn't make sense to me right away what what the heck was happening in that scene i was like wait she was walking this way and how are there how are the military people or the cia folks whoever like in the tactical gear that were ahead of her all of them are behind her now and so that that's what like it even kind of closed that understanding where like hmm. oh these people are actually going through a loop and just kind of heading back whereas alejandro has gone forward uh-huh and she's doing so. the same yeah, and she ends up doing the same. Um, yeah, uh, from here, like, you know what's going to happen. I think the whole point is to, like, make it as emotional and even more brutal as possible. So so they do that. Uh, did you ever believe that the cop was going to survive that Alejandro had kidnapped? You know, there's a hint of help. A uh, hint yeah. that he will, just the, because they focused on him so much throughout the film. Yeah. So you almost don't expect they will, but, uh, like, in they character with what? the film, they just, like, they'll keep him alive. Just because yeah. we've seen him with his family. Yeah. And, and, you know, the convention is usually when you develop a character like that, even though he doesn't exactly have a ton of lines, they will survive. But uh, it's totally in character with the film to uh, kill them. So, in a practical sense, it makes total sense. Should Alejandro have killed him? <clears throat> Then probably not, but I mean, there's a lot of people in this film that probably undeservedly die. True, true. I mean, like, could he have done something else instead of killing him and, and still gotten through with his <clears throat> mission, right? Probably, but it would have been more work. Yeah. Like, he could have uh, tied him up there we or, go. or done something else. There we go. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you go to the doctor and, like, you're like, I'm not feeling well. That's too much work. They let you die. All right. I don't know where I was going. We'll, we'll cut this out. Uh, 
I, I don't know what doctor you go to. I don't, I don't want to go to that doctor. <laughs> um, all right, we'll, we'll cut this out. Um, <laughs> or we can keep this in. Uh, <clears throat> no, yeah, yeah, it's too much work for the movie. I just think, like, he could have shot him in the leg. Maybe he was worried that, like, the, the cop will still let on to, the, to somebody else through some kind of radio messaging or something. So, like... Not, I don't think he would have, like, it, again, it would have jeopardized his mission, right? right? So, also, just the balance of, like, putting things things in balance, right? Like, he could have also, like, incapacitated, incapacitated this guy and, and, and tried to go on with his mission. But here he doesn't, whereas he kind of, he does that with Kate. Like, he lets her live, but he doesn't let this guy live. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now he, he, yeah, he has Manuel goes with him in his car and uh yeah they they kind of cross uh they get into um a giant estate which is uh apparently fausto's home and farmhouse or something right um and they go through and the whole time the cia helicopter or cia drone or something has been keeping an eye on him and they know how many people are on the property you hear in the background like oh these many people down, these many people left, all of that, like, they literally know how many people, where they were, and, and Alejandro gets each one of the, like, the um, bodyguards or protectors or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of has that eye in the sky, uh, uh, men on a mission, like CIA, yeah. almost like Zero Dark Thirty or something like that feel yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. I like it. It's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And they, yeah, they're really, they also really don't want it to go wrong, but right. for different reasons. Yeah, which also makes it yeah. seem like a lot like a CIA overseas in Iraq covert yeah. mission. Yeah. Yeah. Kate comes back. She's pissed off. She <clears throat> is really, like, really fucking mad. And uh, she tells Josh Brolin, like, she, I think she attacks him or, like, pushes him or something, and he literally p puts her into the ground. He really, like, drags her and puts her face straight into the ground and tells her to, like, just shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah. And, and then he gives her the full reason why she was there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, um, and Daniel Kaluuya tries to back her up, and he just gets pushed down, too. Yeah. I mean, like, it could be kind of symbolic for the whole film. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. What was weird was like, I I think you didn't see it, but I felt like the way Matt Graver treats Kate Mercer was no different than the way John Bernthal, Bernthal's character tried to kill her, almost. Like, yeah, Matt Graver doesn't try to kill her, but like, there's just equal amount of care or n not giving a fuck about this character. Yeah, like, you might not be wrong. Like, yeah. Just getting shitty sides of all ends uh, yeah. from all these people. Yeah. Uh, I uh, mean... For Kate Macer. <coughs> he clearly doesn't care about her. I think probably just the objectives of John Barenthal's character and uh, Josh Brolin's character are different. Yeah. So. Really intense. Like, the, the movie just really... Like, as you are viewing this from the eyes of protagonist, the movie just really gives you the rough end, like, the real... Th deal of yeah. what the hell's going on yeah it yeah. really uh does not pull its punches yeah 
It's uh, balls to the wall. Nice. Or uh, balls to the uh, to the uh, torture victim's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking about that again. Um, on the other side, very last, or not very last bit, but on the other side, Alejandro goes. Um, these people are having their dinner. Um, Fausto, his wife, and two kids. Kids don't know English. Wife does know English. Yeah. They talk in English. Fausto, uh, Alejandro tells him how, uh, tells Fausto how he killed, or Fausto says how he killed his wife. Yeah. Um, and also says it was nothing personal. Uh huh. But it was, it was clearly personal. Why wouldn't it be personal? I don't, like, yeah. <clears throat> how is that business, uh, to, to kill somebody's family? Right. But, um, yeah. And, and, Fausto's like, who's paying you? Or, or no, he tries to actually reason with Alejandro by like saying the people that have sent you. And apparently that, that's when it becomes clear to me that like the Medellin cartel probably trained and sent him. Yeah. 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 So it yeah. shows that, um, Brolin, uh, they're, they're working together kind of yeah. with, yeah. uh, because their interests align. Yeah. Um, <coughs> just to get peace, like. Let there be drugs, but let it be peacefully. Yeah. So, it's damage control. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can say it's good or bad, but definitely it's something. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, like in that last scene, too, I feel like the fact that Alejandro has shown compassion towards yeah. Emily Bond's character uh, throughout yeah. the film, too, makes you think that there's actually uh, a good chance that he's going to let the family live. Yeah. But nope. No. In fact, he kills the family first. Indeed. And then kills. He makes the uh, father watch his family get mowed down. Yeah. But Fausto didn't seem like a guy who cared so much about family. It almost seemed like... It uh, almost seemed like he, he was doing it, too. Like, I don't know if, like, you would want to see more emotion in that person's face. Like, maybe he's just terrified or something. But, like, the way uh, Fausto uh, actor Julio Cesar Cadello... Or... Chadello, Chadello, Cadello plays it. I think he just doesn't seem to care so much about his family. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah. Uh, we, we need a, a Better Call Saul style uh, prequel where prequel. we can learn about the rise of Fausto. Uh, we could just call yeah. it Fausto. Uh, Fausto, rise of <laughs> Fausto and, yeah, and yeah. how he, yeah. Stars uh, and uh, Alejandro being the prosecutor in yeah, Morris. Yeah, and Josh Brolin is just being an asshole somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I would totally watch. Josh that. Brolin is the, <laughs> is the Mike. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, it would not shock me if the guy that had uh, Alejandro's uh, wife decapitated and, and daughter tossed in a vat of acid uh, is not is not much of a family man. But I don't yeah. know. We we just, yeah. we don't we just don't see that part. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. The. Mission's done, but there's one last meet, meeting between, we talked about this earlier, meeting between uh, Alejandro and Kate Maser. Yeah. He comes back and gets her to sign the documents. And yeah. there's a, it's a pretty emotional moment for, for both of them almost. It is. Yeah. I mean, involving multiple guns pointed by both parties to yeah. uh, each other. Yeah. Yeah different points yeah and yeah. they both have yeah they both kind of 
yeah have the opportunity to kill each other but they don't right, right? like i mean and that's kind of how you got me to sign on to the sicario podcast is like there we go he's like, said it he's like sicario. he's like sign on and i was like no i'm not going to i'm not going to <laughs> and then you said you pointed the gun i had to and then uh i went to the balcony afterwards watched you leave took out my service revolver I just couldn't do it. I just liked you too much. So I was like, It was fine. a good movie. That's why. Fine. <laughs> it's a great film. But yeah, that, that's how this podcast got birth. Did you know that? There we go. <laughs> just, just by putting each other at gunpoints. There we go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I really like that scene. Uh, I, I really like and dislike that scene. Because... Just from the standalone point of this movie, there's no reason for Alejandro to care that this mission uh, gets approved or not. Like, right? I I don't really see like why he gives a fuck. Why he is back in the U.S. per se either. Like, the only thing is like, the only reason would be like he has to go after more people. Mm-hmm. But even that's not made right. clear throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think plot-wise, you're absolutely correct. I think, right. as far as the And that's emotion, why I dislike it. Right. Yeah. As far as the emotional arcs of the characters go, it makes more sense for him to absolutely. do it than Matt Graves, who's just more yeah. a straight asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and very yeah. gleeful about it. Yeah, If and if Graver came through, I, I think, like, Kate just wouldn't sign it. Like, she would even more just not yeah, yeah, sign yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, Because he's such like, an arrogant ass. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Alejandro, actually, like... Maybe she's scared of Alejandro for sure, but like Alejandro also tells her, tells him, like, that basically alludes to the fact that her daughter is dead, and then, or I think maybe Matt Graver told her before, right? Uh, and then he tells her that he he loves her like his daughter, yeah. essentially, right? So, so that like there's also an emotional component which is uh, compelling her to do it, right? Exactly. But, man, for Kate, it is such a mindfuck. And Emily Blunt does such a great job throughout the whole... She does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I was talking about earlier, her character easily could have been a wet blanket or could have been labeled as soft. Um, But she's, like, tough. Like, she is a hard-nosed character. And I think in lesser hands, uh, it would have been much worse. So I think she, uh, she does a good job of just being a really strong character, even though she's the one that is, like, actually holding the characters back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's also like the emotional center and core of the film and like sort of, uh, not emotional, a uh, moral core of the film. Like yeah. she has the most morals of them. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, I think she's, uh, uh, I mean, that's one thing I like about this film is like her and Benicio and uh, Josh Brolin. It's like pretty, uh, you can't ask for three better central performances. Absolutely. They were quite amazing. And I think they play a against and with each other really well yeah for sure yeah, yeah. josh brolin probably has the easiest part uh because yeah. he's just a gleeful asshole but uh i do enjoy him a lot yeah, yeah. it's too bad he's just thanos now i i, I like him better as matt graver oh <laughs> <laughs> do you think they could just name him thanos it's... matt graver <laughs> there we go <laughs> matt graver did nothing his wrong fingers. yeah matt graver did nothing wrong apparently there we go uh, I don't know if you're aware of like Thanos did nothing wrong by snapping his finger. Finger. There's a whole subreddit <laughs> justifying that what he did was okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, 
Um, <laughs> just a random fact for you. There we yeah. go. Um, cast. We, we've talked... I mean, we've kind of gone in and out for all of these characters. Um, would you recast anybody? Uh, no, I think... I mean, we have up on the board, Brolin, yeah. Blunt, uh, Benicio, Kaluuya, and Bernthal. A lot of Bs. Uh, I think they're all good. I mean, I suppose you could come up with a better version of uh, John Berenthal, just because John Berenthal is so typecast. But he is good in the role. There's a reason he keeps getting cast as assholes. Uh, I think he's on screen for 10 minutes. Yeah. He, 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 like you said, I think, like... Based on your earlier description, I'm, I feel like he's the right man for the job in this movie. Like, he needs to be an asshole, he needs to show you that he's an asshole, and convince you that. And, like, I, I can't recall many, I'm sure, like, if I thought this through better, I might be able to find a few people. But, like, in that time, like, where Wolf of Wall Street had come out recently and other movies, like, seems like a pretty good good cast. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you make a good point because this screen time is limited. So yeah. if you want to make someone a jerk in a yeah. very limited screen time, then uh, he... Then uh, John Bernthal is your man. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, need to make an asshole yeah. in two minutes? Yeah. Instant asshole. Yeah. John Bernthal. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, uh, Kaluuya and Bernthal probably the least amount of on-screen time, so maybe not... We don't care about recasting them so much, but Brolin, Blunt, and Benicio, would you... No, I do mean, you see I anybody think all really do good. better? Yeah. No, anyone you would have liked? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, Emily Blunt at this point has done Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. And probably a couple other movies where she's getting more and more towards action movies, Looper. right? And then, was she in Looper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But there she was not like a main action person, right? She was like the benevolent. I, I barely she was, like, remember. The mom. <laughs> so. Uh, but. I think, like, she's done Edge of Tomorrow, and then, um, what else? Like, one other movie with Matt Damon where it's it's a little bit more action-y. Uh-huh. So, like, she's starting to get into this kind of movie, and, like, she's really believable. She's She has good physique. She's very, like, she's tall and stuff, so, like, she has that stature, and, like, you believe uh -huh. her. So I don't know if there are many many female actors that would really do well in this role yeah. while still bringing the like the moral center feeling right like you yeah. kind of you kind of like you were actually throughout the time with her the whole time because right yeah yeah i mean of all the characters i think benicio and blunt are probably the hardest Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there could be some other fun choices for Brolin, but I do think Brolin is definitely one of the yeah. best options. Like, what if you cast, like, yeah. this is a weird one. What if you cast, like, Brad Pitt in that role? It'd be really weird, but... Uh, uh, I would almost like to see that. Yeah. yeah. Just because, uh, just to see him having fun, being just such a jerk asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brad Pitt's... Uh, Alright, so people might hate me on saying this, but Brad Pitt's maybe a little bit more charming and more likable I, I like yeah like, for sure yeah like so like i don't know if like 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 brad pitt or george clooney would be good people in the in this he, role he so could much. be a little more cartoonish too if you think like sort of like if he's giving an inglorious bastard sort of style performance okay, okay. uh 
But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I would have yeah. enjoyed seeing that. I, yeah. would it have been as good? I, yeah, probably not. But yeah. who knows? Another weird one would like just make me think is like Matthew McConaughey, and he's done like all sorts of spectrum of like weirdness as well as funny and goofy. As so, Brolin's character, as Brolin's character, as Matt Graver. Yeah, but I I think Josh Brolin still fits better here. Yeah, I think you probably would have had the same issues as with Brad Pitt. Maybe possibly too cartoony, too much of it like yeah. caricature. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What do you think of like getting this cast around this time? All of them, uh, other than John Bernthal. So like the the main four have been or are going into Disney. Like Blunt has got Mary Poppins and a couple of other Disney movies. Brolin was Thanos at this point already. Uh, Benicio Del Toro was also in Avengers. I think he'd done small part. Kaluuya also in Black Panther and a couple of other movies. Uh, So they're all in these blockbuster movies, like getting the kind of, I guess Kaluuya comes in a little bit later in Black Panther and stuff. So see, he might not be in Disney, but is right. now in Disney by this point. Disney Marvel. Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows you where the money is uh, yeah. these days. It's like a film like this, I mean, including Denis uh, Villeneuve, like going to more of these like yeah. big uh, uh, intellectual property franchises like Dune and Blade Runner and stuff like that. Uh, and using these films as a stepping stone. And I think it's, yeah. it's too bad. Because, I mean, honestly, it's like, I like Sicario more than, like, probably every single Marvel movie. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I would rather them be making films like this. And I think... Well, so as as Dennis Villeneuve goes higher in budget, would you watch Sicario... Would you rank Sicario over his later movies, Arrival and uh, Blade Runner, specifically? So I'm not a big Blade Runner guy. Okay. So In general. Uh, yeah, I, I don't Terrible. care... I, I'm just, like, not much of a sci-fi person. Fair so, uh, if you actually wanted to bring those films on to Category 3, I'd probably actually veto them. <laughs> One of the few vetoes I'd actually do. Fair uh, enough. I do like Arrival, though. Um, okay. Arrival, I think, is a uh, <coughs> is a film I can get behind. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, and, and honestly, I am intrigued by Dune. I can't say I'm, like, super anticipating it uh, mm-hmm. as, as much as some other people are. So yeah. we'll see. I, I mean, I would rather him d- be doing, uh, uh, I guess, some of these smaller, less big franchises uh, like that. It's kind of like, you know, uh, if, we, if we think about our man, uh, Bong Joon-ho, it's like when he came over to America and started doing some of those films. I like the films he did. He did Snowpiercer and Okja. But when he went back to Korea, he made fucking Parasite. It's like, it's like, I want him to be doing, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would just be more interested and seeing him do more material like this. Okay. You want, you want him... I don't know if that's a good comparison for Bong Joon-ho, like, doing his own classic... Like, doing movies in his own own country and, like, what he's familiar with as opposed to coming to U.S. and doing something kind of very different. Whereas, like, <coughs> Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve kind of going from... Like, these kind of action movies to more sci-fi movies. That's fair. Like, I don't... Some might say that Dennis Villeneuve's <clears throat> wheelhouse is now more sci-fi than than his uh, drama and action kind of movies. But, yeah. So, I think it depends on... Right. Um, but I think, yeah. I, 
I'm with you in the overall point that you're trying to drive home, which is yes, I would like to see him do more movies like Sicario. 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 <laughs> I don't. I. I don't even know if that's how it's actually pronounced in in Spanish or whatever. Yeah. That. That's just what came to me. So. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, so talking about big budget movies, we'll 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 move switch around the categories budget and box office. Uh-huh. The budget was thirty million. Movie made forty seven million in the U S. Eighty five million in worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, it opened <coughs> right along with Martian and The Walk. The Walk was probably not... I think it might have made less money than this or about the same. But definitely, um, Mar- like, going against Martian with Matt Damon uh, at that time, pretty big challenge, I think. Like, For sure. If you were going out to watch a movie with your wife or your friends, chances are you're going to watch The Martian. Yeah, I mean, like, like you think about this movie. I don't know what the trailer looked like. But, yeah. but, I mean, like, this movie is dark. Yeah. Like, they don't make many... Hollywood does not make that many films uh, that are this dark very often. So, yeah. it's like, this is not meant to be, like, a popcorn film. It's a, it's a very it's different movie, so... If yeah. you're out and about and you decide to go watch a movie, you're not gonna put your finger on Sic- Sicario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chances are, I mean. Yeah, unless you're, like, someone like us that yeah. really likes these just, sort of, like... Uh, yeah. Like... Balls to the wall or balls to the prisoner uh, uh, films, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is like not yeah. a movie for everyone. This is this is, but this is also sort of speaking my language because you know, yeah. uh, in terms of like rewatchableness, I'd rather I'd still rather wa- rewatch this film than The Martian. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, same here. Again, yeah, set, driving the same point <coughs> home, right? Like we would like to see more of these movies, but unfortunately, we don't get to see some of this stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Critics' reception, I think, was generally pretty good. Uh, like we said, it, it was nominated for Oscars for um, cinematography, sound editing, and uh, soundtrack. Won none of those. Yeah. Uh, for different reasons, I think Revenant wasn't one of the other movies that was right. against it, and it won for cinematography. Also, much much higher budget movie, like thirty million versus one hundred and thirty-five million. So. Right. I mean, you just think about it. It's like, this yeah. is not really an Oscars uh, sort of film. So it's yeah. almost amazing that it even got nominated for those things. So yeah. I, I'm I'm uh, kind of impressed that the Academy even nominated it for those. I think it's well-deserved because uh, yeah. I think cinematography and uh, sound editing and, and the score, I think they're all uh, A+. Plus. Absolutely. It's really amazing. Um, but you, like, with something like Revenant, with that kind of budget, like, you just have such a so much more like better opportunity to like yeah. elevate the cinematography or some yeah. of this stuff you, right like i mean that's an money. automatic loss on costume design for that uh, bear costume you know man <laughs> running around in a bear <laughs> there we go definitely what were yeah. we talking about we were talking about before we started recording if you had if you had the opportunity to be the bear <laughs> would you would you for how much again Hundred million. Oh, hundred million. Yeah, it's a oh, hundred and thirty-five yeah. million dollar budget. And you would Leo's okay, yeah. thirty million. Give the bear the hundred million. million. There we go. Oh, and five million for cinematography. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five five million for the rest of the things. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, seven point six on IMDb. Ninety-two uh, percent 
rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 85 from audience. All right. Yeah. IMDb is almost kind of tough to judge. I think IMDb, you get all sorts of audiences and 82% on Metacritic. Okay. So So pretty good all around, honestly. Yeah. I think I would almost... I have to go with the critics, like, giving it 92%. Like, Me too. I do like it that much. Yeah, I do, too. I, th- I think it's uh, it does everything it tries to do. I mean, I really have no complaints. It's a solid film. Great cast. Good acting. Yeah, a lot, a lot more depth than what you would get from, like, movies like John Wick or yeah. Equalizer. Yeah, there's a lot more s- sort of underlying politics or u.s law kind of stuff going in right yeah i mean you even compare it with something like mad max which i feel like in terms of visual thrills is probably above this honestly yeah by a little bit but this has way more going for it in terms of like characters and depth and stuff like that exactly i I love mad max it's also one of my favorite films the last 10 years but i think this is too yeah yeah the fury road mad max yeah 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 Yeah. okay yes all right so there we go we're going to... Anything else you want to call out before we close this? Uh, nope. I think we covered uh, pretty much everything I wanted to say. That's great. All right. We're going to close out this episode of Category 3 Films, and we'll see you... We'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. See you next time. Sicario. Sicario.